Welcome to Big Time Adulting, the podcast. I'm your host, Caitlin Murray, and I'm here to take it deep with you on adulthood, womanhood, motherhood, and whatever other things end in hood that we can think of. It's going to be real, it's going to be honest, and we are going to laugh until a little pee comes out. If you've been looking to find a podcast to relate to as a woman and a mom, and you're kind of awesome, which you definitely are, subscribe now. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Big Time Adulting Podcast. Thank you so much for being here. I have to admit, I've done a couple of takes of this. I was having some fucking computer issues, and now I feel like a broken record. So I'm bringing my best zest back to this right now. But today, I have a very special guest who is the first cousin of my wonderful husband, Catherine Murray Dickinson, and she is the founder of Elia, which is one of the country's most prominent and successful clean beauty curators. She has multiple retail locations, one in Denver, Charlotte, Atlanta, Raleigh, and Charleston, and a very robust online presence. And Catherine... And her stores have really become the go-to locations for truly clean beauty products, which is why I love her and her products so much. Um, She was a longtime executive in the beauty industry. She has worked with some of the most successful beauty and fashion brands in the world. And later in life, she developed severe allergies to her products. So she was driven to clean beauty out of necessity. And Frankly, she was shocked to find the amount of greenwashing and poor performing products in the beauty industry. So she decided to take the bull by the fucking horns and find the best products all by herself and start a brand around it. And um, Catherine's been very successful because her products are awesome. And I will link to uh, her store online store and Instagram so that you can find her and learn more about the products. But Catherine's here to also give us a little rundown because, you know, us ladies, they're trying to stay healthy and clean um, for our precious little faces. So Catherine, say hello. Hello. Thank you so much for having me. This is so fun. It's such a treat. I know. I I'm so happy you're here. Thank you for bearing with um, my technical difficulties. I um, I have some some good questions I think prepared to ask you today, and you know some of this is just like light and fun to like, learn about, but you know a lot of the, some of these topics I feel like are kind of deep and very interesting. So. You know, natural beauty products and anti-aging products always sort of get me thinking about the aging process in general and how like best to do it. I feel like it's like everything's sort of a ticking time bomb. Like if I don't start now, like I'm going to fuck my skin up or I'm going to have a million wrinkles. And I've kind of always personally thought I would steer away from Botox or anything involving needles and knives on my face because and I have no judgment. Like I think I have many friends, family members who do Botox and other things regularly. And for the most part, I think they, they look great. But to me, after a certain age, it actually, it looks just obvious that you've had help. Right. So 
there's just a big difference between a full-blown natural look and a not full-blown natural look, I guess. But I don't know. Maybe it's too soon for me to say. But I think about those types of interventions and the root of it. And the idea is to, you know, make ourselves look better or younger or a little different than we look already. And I think about like at its core outside of sort of the severity of, you know, needles and knives or injections and the price of that stuff at the real root of it. Like what is the difference even between that and makeup per se? I don't know. Do you have? Yeah. I mean, a lot. no, I know a lot to unpack in there. And a, I agree with you. I mean, there are people in my life that I know just hit the Botox needle so hard and they have that like, perma surprise expression on their face. And it, I think it ages them. And as you said, I think it's like, I can't help but look at it, which now draws more attention to what it should be just seamless. And I think that's what people want is to not look, you know, wrinkled and haggard, but still not look obvious. But I agree with you. I think it becomes, people become addicted to it. They do too much of it. And they have that kind of perma surprised look on their face. And then, you know, but we as a society have had a history of beauty um, obsession, if you might say, dating way, way, way back to, you know, the Greek times and um, the ancient Greeks. And they would, both men and women, wear makeup um, and, you know, put the coal around their eyes and the red on their lips. And it was a sign of wealth and something to the gods. And then the Greeks were against it because of morality, because they likened it to sex workers. Um, and it oh. kind of went in and out of favor, makeup did for, you know, forever until really, I think the 1920s, when it become became like product, like actual products that were sold. And then all of a sudden you have marketing around it. And, you know, people putting to um, advertising and to print ads and to, you know, back then it was the peer-to-peer selling of women going into each other's houses and being like, you know, a rosy cheek makes you look more youthful. Because as we get older, we do lose like the rose in our cheek and the colors in our lip, which is why the lipsticks and the rouges and blushes are all so um, so prevalent. That's kind of the root of them all. But it's, uh, you know, when it became productized and marketed and um, monetized is when it really became acceptable across the board. It was no longer in and out of fashion. It it became almost something entirely different, women doing it for themselves. And like you, I mean, I wear makeup every day, but I do it because it makes me feel good to look a little more polished and pulled together. Um, But it's, it's definitely a a, a big conversation. It, it is a bigger conversation of like, why do we wear makeup? Should we wear makeup? You know, why do we care about our skin aging? Should we care? But, um, you know, I think if you want to go the natural route, the number one thing you, or number one and two things you should be doing is uh, sunscreen, sunscreen, sunscreen. It's the only thing that's been proven to work as well as Botox in preventing wrinkles. Um, and then um, I, I'm a big believer in safe retinols and vitamin C. Mm. Vitamin C on your skin or like a pill vitamin C? Does, does it have, you have to go right I directly? I do it to- top, topically. Yeah. So on the skin. 
Um, but does, but, do you think there's any benefit of a pill of vitamin, a, a vitamin C vitamin, like for your I, skin? Yes, I think there for for your skin, I would have to research that more. But for your whole immune system, I think there's definitely helps. And if you've got a healthy immune system, I would think that would translate into, you know, healthy gut, which is, you know, translated into healthier, clearer skin. Yeah. So totally. Um, because when I feel like I've been being healthier, like in general in life, my, my skin and my face just looks better. But I think about this, like back to the makeup thing real quick, just because obviously it's mainstream for women to regularly wear makeup. And I, there, I have products that I feel like I cannot live without for makeup purposes if I'm going out or want to look presentable. I mean, obviously I go on Instagram <laughs> looking like shit all the time, makeup free. And I don't adorable. care because like, that's just me. But I, there, men don't wear makeup. Like we are the only, like how crazy is this? Like it's just for women to prance around looking a little prettier in or something. Like, <laughs> yeah, like I, I mean, look at me. This is going to land into very traditional sex roles, um, which, and I think that's evolving a lot now for the better. But, you know, I think some of it was, you know, women preening to get the attention of men to get married. Um, it's one of the reasons they have, you know, beauty is one of the things that in theory is supposed to be recession proof. They call it the lipstick effect. Because mm. even in the worst of times, like women couldn't afford as much plastic surgery, but they still want to look very pretty and be able to attract suitors. Um, so it's, you know. They were they, like, eggs or lipstick? Eggs yeah. or lipstick? Okay, lips. <laughs> but the, I think the, the old thought process was if I have the lipstick, I can get the man who can then buy the eggs. Buy the eggs, but, yeah. But now it's, uh, again, that was very traditional gender roles. And I think all of that is evolving and women don't need that as much, but I still think they like to feel good and, you know, hankering back to the days when I was single, it's nice to get attention from, you know, whoever you'd like to court. Totally. I, I, I completely agree. And I, I, I honestly wish I didn't feel that way, but like if I'm going out like around town in public or something, or if I were like out to dinner and I wasn't allowed to wear makeup or something for some reason, I feel like I would want to hide my face. Like I would just not feel as good about myself. And that, that's so fucked up. <laughs> it is. And I tried doing that and owning a beauty company where people, I think, expect me to look polished and have flawless skin. I mean, I was rolling around into the Whole Foods at the beginning of the pandemic, like practically in my pajamas without my hair. But like, I did not look like I even, you know, yeah. I looked horrible and homeless. And I was like, you know, but I owned a beauty company. So it's, it is, it's a very interesting standard and a double standard and it's it's a nutty thing but at the end of the day I don't think taking care of yourself um should ever be viewed as a bad thing and I think it you know wanting to look good and feel good and is is part of it and I feel better when I look better and so yeah to me that is a health a self health wellness factor is, you know, I feel better about myself. I have better confidence and that carries throughout everything, through my work, through, you know, what I do. 
So. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I mean, I totally agree with that and what, you know, take it or leave it. It pretty much is what it is. Like you're kind of expected to show up looking presentable in certain environments and like for women, for better or for worse, it has kind of become like, you know, try to look prettier or something. Yeah. Those assholes, those guys. Throw a baseball hat I don't on. Know if this is like a women-driven industry or a male-driven industry. It's so, I mean. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I, I, I go back and forth. I have uh, somebody I know, but he was, he always says he thinks woman-on-woman crime is where all secure insecurities kind of stem from. Sure. Not necessarily the men in that it's women. I mean, I'm stepping back to like middle school kind of mean girl stuff that, you know, ingrains all of our insecurities. So I don't know. And maybe it is a woman thing that we've done to ourselves. Yeah, perhaps, perhaps. Um, So I guess I asked, I, I said that you had, you know, these allergic reactions to the products that you were using. Um, so that's what propelled you pretty much to start your company. Um, but why are, you know, why are natural beauty products? Like why should people be focused on using natural beauty products more often? And why were, why are they so important to you? Why are they important for everyone? For everyone. So if you think about how a hormone patch or a nicotine patch works, you put it on your arm and it goes directly into your bloodstream. Um, and that's the same with cosmetics. And I am not, when you were asking, like you have the one things that you can't live without. Um, I don't think using a lipstick is going to give you cancer, but I do believe that, you know, our, the air we breathe, the water we drink, the food we eat, the GMOs that are in our food, all of that is, is, is rising. And, you know, breast cancer rates for women have gone from one in 20 to one in eight. And I can't control one foot outside my front door, but I made the conscious decision that I was like, I am going to make everything in my house clean. So the, you know, the food in the fridge is organic. My, you know, what's under my kitchen sink, what's in my laundry room and what's in my bathroom, they're all clean. And then I'm not going to be the crazy person at the restaurant being like, what was the name of the cow? That's going to be my hamburger. And what did it eat for lunch on its last meal? Like that's my, that's where I find my personal balance. But um, do I think one thing matters? No, but is it this cumulative toxicity in our lives that is really impacting our health? I absolutely believe in that. So it's just more like, where can I be better and where can I be clean? And um, you know, the, my big jump was when I switched to clean skincare, I swear it works better. So I was like, they kind of had me at that. And then, you know, my, I like the shampoos and conditioners better. It's just, it all worked. Be- the makeup, I will say when I started Aaliyah seven years ago, um, makeup wasn't quite there. Um, but new brands are making leaps and bounds where I think it is now just as good. Um, Elia, which is one of our top brands, is amazing. Kosas is has been putting out some really fun products and they all last. You know, originally when I launched, like, 
you'd get a mascara, but it would run. And now like, I think the Ilia mascara is one of the best mascaras I've ever used clean or not. Like, and I can say that legitimately for every single product. Like I like the foundation better. I think people have a notion that either because it's clean, like organic food, it's going to be more expensive. And, you know, it's my store is not, you know, target pricing, but it's very similar to Nordstrom and Sephora. So it's, you know, it's not some crazy La Mer pricing. Um, and then I think people think it won't work. And I absolutely challenge that now because it, it I think everything in clean beauty now works as well or better. And if that's the case, why wouldn't you switch? Right. Yeah, totally. I mean, I, I guess I, rem- I don't know when I was reading this. I, I think I read a lot about, you know, products and stuff like that after Callum was diagnosed with leukemia, just cancer and stuff. Because, I mean, most of the time cancer is a result of long-term exposure to harmful products, chemicals, things like that. But in a three-year-old, that couldn't possibly be the case. But I think it just made me think more in terms of natural products all over my house. And I was honestly usually pretty committed to that even before his diagnosis. But I do remember reading like the skin, you know, skin is super permeable. It's like our most pervious organ, right? And it's our largest organ. And so if you're putting a lotion on or a any foundation on or anything that stays on your skin or your face for the day, those are kind of like, you know, higher risk or reward rather. Yeah. I mean, when people are switching, I try intended to put in three categories. So like one, what is doing the most body surface? So I will care more about my body moisturizer than an eyeshadow kind of thing. Um, so what is the body surface? Um, you know, my shampoo, because your scalp is a pretty big surface area. Um, two, what are, I call them sensitive areas, like deodorant, lipstick, because you ingest it. Um, you know, so those are the categories. And then I also say switch the high turn items. So, you know, it's, we've all got a bathroom full of stuff and you're like, I've invested a lot of money in here. I don't want to just toss everything and go start again. That's expensive. But it's really easy to switch out something like your toothpaste or your shampoo that you go through on a pretty frequent basis. Right. So, okay, so I've said that that I have some uh, beauty products that like are not all natural that I cannot part with. Like for me, it's my my Bobbi Brown corrector concealer. If you've seen me on Instagram, you've seen the intensity of my dark under eye circles. I honestly feel like if I did not have those dark under eye circles, I could be really okay with going without makeup often, more often. That's my number one product. I need it. But if they're, okay, so I guess what I'm going to go off of after that is asking you what your top three favorite, if you want to throw in a bonus fourth, products are the actual products that you carry that are great everyday products? Um, There's a couple. So I really love, on the skincare side, um, I'm a big fan of the Josh Rosebrook 
hydrating accelerator, but also his retinol has been a staple of mine. Um, is and it then, like a lotion? Is it? No, it's, um, a, it's an oil. It's an, an active oil. infusion oil. I can send you the link if you want to put it somewhere. But um, yeah. it's his retinol serum that is, I think, spectacular. And then, um, honestly, it's one of the least expensive products in my store is the Indie Lee squalene oil. And it has been one of my favorites since it came out. It's one ingredient. So anyone, it's we naturally produce squalene in our skin. It's what babies are kind of covered in when they're born. That's why they're so buttery soft. Um, yeah. And we, in our 20s, we start losing production of squalene. And by the 50, by the time we were like at 50, we're at like 5% production of squalene. Oh, wow. And it's one ingredient, it's dry from olives, it's almost bioidentical to what we produce naturally. So no matter if you have acne or, you know, what your skin problem is, it just agrees with so many people. And it's been one of my favorite products since day one. Um, and I also really like the Maya Chia vitamin C serum. So at night, I use a hydrating accelerator, the the retinol and then squalene oil on top of everything. I go to bed, I look like a glazed donut, poor Reg. It's like, <laughs> it's so much on my face, but it's so dry here in Colorado. And then in the mornings, I do the hydrating accelerator, the vitamin C, and then the squalene oil. So it's like, I have a very tight, simple routine and my skin likes that best. I'm not one of those people with like 3000 steps to my routine because my skin just gets very reactive and unhappy when I do that. Yeah, I have, I have, both dry and sensitive skin. So I'm always like hesitant to work in new products because I feel like, oh God, it always, and I feel like it always takes like a little while, but I have products of yours that I absolutely love. And from the makeup standpoint, I use the Ilia foundation. I don't wear foundation often, but when I wear wear that one too, it's so good. It's so nice and light and natural looking. It does not look cakey or anything. And it's glow. It gives you like a glowy like yeah. look. I'm going to link for people listening. I'm going to link all of these products so that you can go check them out and buy them. Um, and then I always also use the Ilia mascara, which you talked about, which I think is awesome as well. And the Ilia brow gel. Yep. It's really good. I mean, Sasha, who's the founder of Ilya, has just been hitting like home run after home run for the last few years with her brand uh, and just putting out fantastic products. So, yeah. But, yeah. So, I a lot of my bag is Ilya as well. It's some Kosas is growing in there and Vapor as well. But it's, I love the Ilya foundation as well. Um, I use, the, I love the Maya Chia vitamin C um, serum. I have yeah. that from you also and use it very regularly. I also, like I just said, I have super dry skin, so I love the oils. I'm always like, I don't know which one to put on first or last or how this is supposed to go, but slap them on. Lightest there. to heaviest. Okay. And then, um, so like, and then the waters to oils. So okay. if you have a cream or something that's like a light cream moisturizer, that would go on technically usually before because you want the oils to seal it all in okay yeah because i'm like are these canceling each other out are they working together how is this working together um well this has all been really informative i food for thought always i just i i still uh, i'll never get away from the whole 
why I can't understand the difference between makeup and Botox and all the root of it all. I think I'll be wrestling with that everything to the end of time, but um, food for thought. I mean, mean, Botox, it's it's scary because it's like, we've all seen who's listening to that or that girl on TikTok that went viral because hers was put in the wrong place. And so she had the saggy eye. Like I will, I react to everything. So that's my bigger fear is like, I am going to be the person that will have the negative thing and I will have the droopy eye, like whatever negative side effect to a medication or thing that can happen, happens to me. Like I tried, I remember like when retinol first came out, I was in like middle school, high, I was in high school and they were using it to treat acne. So my mom got me some and it looked like I had been through like, uh, it looked like I had like second degree burns all over my face. My face oh my turned God. bright red like fire engine red for weeks and peeled off, like whatever will happen will happen to me. So I try so hard not to, but it's like I said, it's hard. I I sit there. I just turned 50 and I'm starting to like pull at my forehead sometimes, you know, I'm I'm giving away family secrets. I remember one time at Aunt Rita's in DC and I went in and she was like pulling her face back going, doesn't this look so much better? And I was like, I, I was like, what? I'm like, you're insane. And now I'm sitting here doing it. I'm like pulling my forehead back. It it's amazing. Like I pull up under my like skin and stuff. I'm like, oh my God, look at how much extra skin there is there that didn't used to be. And I'm not, I mean, I'm turning 40 this year. So, but I do, I mean, I am a little jealous of those like wrinkle free foreheads and crow's lines of my my Botox. Yeah. Well, there friends. are some um, things you can do. Like I said, you can do uh, microcurrent facials are really good at helping the collagen yeah. and tight that they're called. I think it's called like Morpheus Eight or something. Um, okay. I haven't done those yet, but that has been something I'm interested in as well. So there are and micro needling facials will help as well stimulate collagen and kind of keep you tighter. So there are a couple things you can do to kind of stave it off. And like I said, daily, daily sunscreen, daily SPF um, is, I think, proven to be as, um, you know, efficient and as effective as Botox in preventing wrinkles. Um, Now, I don't think sunscreen fixes wrinkles once you have them, that you're going to need lasers or fillers or or Botox (laughs) or facelift for. But in preventing getting them, that's why it's so crazy to me. In my store, it's like we have the cutest girl that worked in our Raleigh store, and she was in college starting Botox. I was like, yeah. But yeah, I think they're using it as a preventative measure, which if I think, um, and like I said, I'm not that person, but I think if you're going to do Botox, doing little bits early um, versus waiting and then having to do the big pull is what. I think the benefit of that is I have a couple friends that did that. And it's, I think they're the least obvious of all the Botox of my friends. I'll tell you what though. I had fucking better things to spend my money on in college than Botox. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah. yeah. That's where my money's going this week. If somebody <laughs> suggested I should spend my money on Botox in college, I probably would have slapped them. Yeah. But it's crazy that how early people are starting it these days. It it's is nuts. totally wild. It's fucking crazy. And people actually, I think people are like, what? That's insane. But it, and it is kind of insane, but I bet it is the way that it most effectively would work if you were yeah. going to do it. But 
Anyway, Catherine, thank you so much for being here. You're welcome. Knowledge. And um, I look forward to sharing all your awesome products. I can't wait. Thank you so much for having me. This has been so fun to see your cute face. You too. I'll talk to you later. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for joining me today. If you're looking for any of the resources from the episode, you can check them out in show notes. Again, if you liked listening, I'd love it for you to subscribe. Until next time, peace out.